Hi everyone. Thanks. Uh, thanks for leading us um, so well in worship once again, guys. And um, really looking forward to uh, continuing to worship as we open up the Word together and uh, and see what the Lord wants to wants to say to us. Um, last week I don't know if you remember, but I quoted from um, Reappearing Church, a book by Mark Sayers. Again, I'm commending it to you. Uh, but in the midst of uh, in the midst of what he was writing, there was one line that had stuck out to me over the last couple of weeks, and it was that renewal always springs from the desert, and the presence is encountered in the wilderness. And uh, it's not so much that I was that I was reflecting on that over the last number of days, but as I got into the middle of this week, I found myself drawn uh, to the story of Jesus um, being tempted in the wilderness and so that's where i would love us to go to this morning so i'd love us to to look at uh, and see if there's something that we can learn once again from the life of jesus and um so uh so let's do that can i pray let me pray first before we before we do that father i thank you for the opportunity to open up your word and um and god i just pray that your presence would be so real right now in our homes God, I pray that it would be so real for me standing right here in the hub. God, on my own, not with anybody. But God, I just pray that you would be incredibly near. God, that we would be able to hear your whisper, be able to hear your challenge, be able to hear your invitation. God, and all that I say would be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. And God, all our, our ears would be open to hear what it is that you want to say. Thank you that you're longing to, to continue to form us and fashion us into the image of Jesus. And so we, uh, we open ourselves fully. We open our hearts, God. I pray that our hearts would be softened. Our ears would be open. God, we would see a glimpse of you as we engage with your word today. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Luke chapter 4 is where I would love us to um, to read this story from. It's also found in Matthew chapter 4, um, but I love us to look at, at, at Luke's account. So let me just read the first couple of verses in Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And uh, and I've all, like that line's interesting, isn't it? He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Um, there's there's one uh, there's one of our translations says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for the test. Uh, the Passion translation said he experienced the ordeal of testing. Uh, and so over the last uh, over the last wee while, I've I've been reflecting on the on the truth and the fact that. Uh, Jesus, as the writer of the Hebrews tells us, that he was tempted in the same way that we were, yet he was without sin. But he was still tempted, he was still tested in the same ways that we are tested. And so, as I've been, as I've been looking again at this story of the temptation of Jesus, or the testing of Jesus, or the, this wilderness encounter of Jesus, however you want to, to word that, I have been wondering what was it that sustained what was it that sustained him through a time of testing 
What was it that sustained him in the middle of the wilderness? And I've been asking that question for myself. I've been asking that question for us as a church. What is it that's going to sustain us through this time of wilderness? What is it that's going to sustain us through this time of testing and of trial? And I think there's something about the response of Jesus that we can learn, that we can, uh, that we could put into practice, that we could, um, that we could imitate uh, as we watch Jesus. That would sustain us in the same way that it sustained Jesus. And the first thing I think is important to say is to go is that we need to go back um, to where Jesus came from. He had just. Uh, he was full of the Holy Spirit and returned from the Jordan. And it's where he had been baptized. We're told that when all the people were being baptized, Jesus, identifying with the people, coming and dwelling among us, he was baptized too. But I love this. And as he was, uh, as he was praying, heaven was opened. Like just to even try to get, an, to get an image in your mind of this moment. Jesus being baptized, heaven opens and the Holy, the Holy Spirit descends on him um, in bodily form like a dove. Incredible. And then this voice comes and the voice comes from heaven and says, You are my son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. See, I think that is what sustained Jesus in the time of testing. That is what sustained him in the moment of wilderness, and that is what is going to, that is what we are going to need to hear to sustain us, that we would stand firm in the midst of trial, that we would stand firm in the midst of testing, knowing that we are loved. That's the that's the first thing. Jesus came back from the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit because he'd been affirmed by the Father. He knew he was entering into this, knowing how much he was loved. And as difficult as he was going to get, as hungry as he was going to feel, as, as much as the, the, the enemy was taunting him, he knew how much he was loved. He knew how much he was valued, how much he was affirmed. And that is really important. It is really important that, you, that, it, that, that he was sustained because of who he was, not what he had done. Verse 23 of Luke chapter 3 says, uh, it tells us that Jesus himself was 30 years old when he began his ministry. And I'm pretty sure that there was stuff that Jesus had been doing. But, but before he began his ministry, we, we have the voice of the Father saying, You're my son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. He had the, the love, the affirmation of a father even before he had, before he had done, began his ministry. That's the same for us. This, this is what we need to sustain us. Not what we do, but just who we are. Loved sons and daughters. Affirmed and valued. We, are, we have the delight of the Father over us. He sings over us. He delights in us. That is what we need. That, the knowledge of that is what we need to sustain us through times of testing. The second thing, um, the second thing that we see, it's a pattern throughout this, uh, this encounter that Jesus has with the devil. That every time the, the, the tempter comes, every time the accuser comes, 
if you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, do this. And every time Jesus responds with the word of God, and that is what is going to sustain us through a moment of testing, through moments of crisis, through moments of wilderness, is knowing the word. And it's not just, it's not just repeating verses. It's not just being able to rhyme off uh, certain biblical stories. It's also in, in knowing how to apply it. It's not just knowing the Bible, but it's the wisdom in how to apply it. And that's what Jesus had. He was so, he, he, the, the word was just in him. The scriptures were just so in him that when it came to the moments of, of, of testing, whatever the test looked like, he, he knew the Bible enough to have the wisdom and how to apply it for certain moments, for certain temptations, for certain testings. And so I'm encouraging you that that, that is what will sustain you through the wilderness is a, is a knowledge and understanding of the word of God. So I'm encouraging you in this season to, like, to take in as much as you can. I've said it a couple of times over the last number of weeks that uh, the, the devotionals are really important. Like I, I, I do enjoy our, the devotionals where we, where we read a few verses and we get a thought um, uh, to carry us through our, our quiet times. But I'd be encouraging you to read chunks of the Bible. Be encouraging you to read full letters of, of Paul to know what's going on. To know the wisdom that he is, is offering to the churches so that when their t- times of trial or testing come, they will have the wisdom to know how to apply um, what they've been taught. And so I uh, am encouraging you with that again. I think that's what sustained Jesus, a knowledge of the word, an understanding of the word, and not just knowing it, but also the wisdom in how to apply it. I do think the third thing that sustained uh, Jesus in a time of testing, in a time of wilderness, was the freedom that he had from distraction. And the freedom from the life of hurry. And I'm going to talk a wee bit more about this in a few moments. But I think there are the three things that, that's, that, that sustained Jesus in a time of testing. And I think there are three things. It's not an exhaustive list. Of course it's not. But it's three things that I think are, are helpful for us. Um, knowing that we're loved, we're affirmed, we're valued by the Father. Knowing that, knowing the word, knowing it enough to have the wisdom to apply it in certain testings and also to experience the freedom from distraction and a freedom from a life of hurry because for many of us we are on a, we're on an unhealthy we have unhealthy rhythms we have an unhealthy pace of life and so the te- the time this time of testing this time in the wilderness uh, it, it what will sustain us, I think, is that whenever we're able to get rid of all of the distractions, we're able to try anyway, able to try and get rid of that, the life of hurry that we, for many of us, have become so accustomed to. And so what I, what I love about this, uh, this story, like, like it is, like parts of it are challenging. The accuser comes and he's right in the face of Jesus. And some of that is, we need more time to wrestle through some of those uh, specific temptations but Jesus is, is sustained and he comes out the other end he comes out of the wilderness we're told he returns to Galilee in the power of the spirit we're told in Luke 4 verse 14 
And we're, this time next week, we will be celebrating uh, Pentecost. And there's something about this verse that just stirred my spirit this week. It has just given me, uh, I think, a fresh lease of life in some ways. That what, what would it look like if we held firm, we stood firm in the midst of this testing, that when we come out the other end of it, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and to go in the same way that Jesus did with that kingdom mandate, and he said it to the people in the synagogue, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, to, to, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, and release the oppressed. See, all those things sustain Jesus in the wilderness in order that he would be sent back out in the power of the Spirit. And I'm longing for that. Then in this, this time, which maybe feels like a wilderness, in this time that feels like we, we want to be sustained in this time of testing so that we come out the other end of it, back into our galleries, back into our towns and cities, full of the power of the Spirit to bring hope and good news to the poor and the blind and the oppressed and the, those in captivity. So I'm, as we approach Pentecost, I'm longing for that. And maybe it won't be this Sunday, but as whatever the time frame is that we come out of this testing, sustained by our identity, sustained by the scriptures, sustained because we've slowed down enough to hear the voice of God and to be sent back out again in the power of the Spirit with healthy rhythms, with fresh rhythms. And I... Uh, and that is a, that, that's a question that, that I've considered. It's a question that I've tried to pose to people around me. What, what, what needs to change? What is it that needs to change as we come out of a time of testing? And, and, and don't get me wrong, the, the, I don't know how long this is going to last. The, the repercussions of this um, are going to be felt for, for a longer period of time than we we know, maybe even though we possibly could imagine, but it still doesn't stop us asking that question, what needs to change? And again, where else could we look? Where else would we want to turn to to, 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 ask, to find the answer to this question? And as we look at Jesus, I'm wanting to know what needs to change. As I look at Jesus, as I, as I want to imitate my, as I want to imitate him, as I want to reorientate my life around the words and the ways of Jesus. And I'm looking at his life. And as I evaluate my own, like what needs to change as I look at Jesus? And again, if I could offer three things that I am hoping I come out of this time of testing, this wilderness experience. Imitating the practices of Jesus, the pace of Jesus, and the presentness of Jesus. And so I suppose in our Thursday nights we have been we have been talking about our spiritual disciplines, we've been talking about our practices, what is the, the things that we the things that we do, the things that we give our attention to, things that we're constantly practicing and I and I'm glad it is a practice because it's like some of them I'm still practicing and not all the time with great success. 
But I look at Jesus and and he's, we've been talking about solitude and meditation and, and silence and prayer and fasting. And, and, and I look at the practices of Jesus and, and that's why he lived full. It's why he lived full of love and joy and peace. Why he, he, whenever he walked, people wanted to be around him. When people had banquets or people had wedding parties, they wanted Jesus to be there because he was so full of joy. He was so full of life and, and purpose and hope and love. And so I look at Jesus and I'm like, that's what I want. I look at Jesus and I look at some people that, that followed Jesus with all that they have. And I'm like, I want that. I want to live with that same level of joy and peace and love and hope. But the difficulty, the challenge is that I don't often want the lifestyle. See, I want the 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 joy and the peace that Jesus promised, but I often don't want to live the lifestyle that it takes to attain that. We've talked over the last couple of weeks on our Thursday nights about submission and about service. And so we want that, we want that reputation amongst our community um, that, that we care, but often we don't want to get down on our hands and knees and 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 clean the feet, whatever that looks like, the metaphor, however you want to, however you want to classify that, like just to, to clean the feet of our community. Like we want all the, all the good stuff, but but sometimes we don't want to, to live that lifestyle of service that Jesus has, has has given us to imitate. It's really challenging. Like that's maybe not a good example, but um. Every 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 morning at nine o'clock with the kids, we're doing um, Joe PE with Joe Wicks, and um, I want to be fitter. Like I'm, I'm, I watch I watch Joe, and he's 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 well built, he's strong, he's fit, and I'm like I look at that and I want that. Like I want to be fitter, I want to be stronger, I want to be healthier. But honestly, I don't want the lifestyle that, that <laughs> I don't want the lifestyle that requires to get to that place. Still want to eat all the baked goods that people keep making. Stop making so much yummy baked foods. Daniel McBride, I'm talking to you. Those peanut butter cupcakes, they're too good to turn down. And as much as I want to be fitter and stronger, I don't want the lifestyle that it requires to get there. And I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but we want the... We see from a distance joy, we see from a distance peace and love and and a freedom. We want it and it's available to us, it's for us. Like that is that is within our grasp, but it requires a complete reorienta- reorientation of our lifestyle. It, it demands sacrifice, demands laying down everything. And the way to self-fulfillment, the only way to self-fulfillment is self-denial. And um, and so if so that's what needs to change, the practices of Jesus are what I want to imitate. And so there's certain things that I want from Jesus. And if that's what I want, then I'm going to have to consider my practices, we're all going to have to consider our practices.
I love Luke 4 verse 22. And just another, another incredible sign of how good Jesus is and how kind he is. As he came back to Galilee full of the Holy Spirit, beginning to bring good news, beginning to bring joy and peace to the oppressed and the lonely and the hurting. It, we're told that, that uh, those that were listening were in awe of, uh, of his gracious words. I love how the Passion Translation puts it. They were in awe of the beautiful words of grace that came from his lips. The beautiful words of grace that came from his lips. So I think that our, as we look at Jesus and see his practices, that's, I think that's one thing that needs to change as we come out of, the, out of testing, come out of this wilderness experience. I think the pace of Jesus is something for us also to imitate. I think that also needs to change as we come out of this experience. Uh, there's a book uh, written by a Japanese theologian, Kosuke Koyama. Uh, and his book is entitled The Three Mile in Our God. It's a fascinating title, isn't it? But it says, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed. Like even just reading that, I feel like I'm slowing down automatically. God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed. See, and, and I think that's what, like, as we, as we read through the Gospels, we see, how many times do we see Jesus being interrupted? Like, even whenever, even whenever Lazarus had, he, he finds out about Lazarus uh, being sick, that he wasn't going to make it, that he was in no rush. He hears about Jairus' daughter, he was in no, he was in no rush. He, he, love has its speed. He walks slowly because he is love, prepared for the, the interruptions, prepared for the people that will come across his path as he, as he walks slowly and he doesn't miss them. He doesn't miss, he doesn't miss seeing their hurt or seeing their pain because the pace of, of his life, unhurried, freed from distraction. I've just finished reading a book this week by John Mark Comer. Another book that I, I feel like I can't recommend highly enough is entitled The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, and I don't know if this is a good thing to say or not, but the, the book is £13, £14 on Amazon. The Kindle edition is 99p, and it, the last time I checked, it is still 99p, so I would encourage you uh, to, to take advantage of that offer. But again, he... John Mark Comer uses similar language here as, as uh, Kosuke Koyama. He, he says, hurry and love are incompatible. Love, joy, peace are at the heart of all that Jesus is trying to grow in the soil of your life. And all three are incompatible with hurry. Love, joy and peace. Like I'm... I really want more of that. And, and maybe you do too. And, and, and maybe you need to hear that hurry and love are incompatible. Love, joy and peace 
are at the heart of all that Jesus is trying to grow in the soil of your life. And all three are incompatible with hurry. And if we were just to stay here for, for a moment and, and, uh, and watch how Jesus prayed, that's one of his, it's one of his practices. But to consider his pace, I'm thinking of this idea of hurry. Hurry is the death of prayer. Because, because we've always somewhere to be. Like I, I miss my quiet time too often because there's always somewhere to be. There's always somewhere to get re- we'll have to get ready to go to. And somehow prayer is a thing that gets knocked on down the list. There's always somewhere to be. Or do you know what? There's always something else to watch. So quite, like the, the morning prayers can suffer because of somewhere to be. Or the evening prayers can suffer because I have to watch this game. Or I have to, I have to watch the next episode in this series. And so hurry becomes the death of prayer because we want to get through the series really quickly. We want to get to the place that we're, we're going and we haven't left enough time for ourselves. It's just so incompatible with love and it is the death of prayer. And then we have the presentness of Jesus that I think is another thing that is, is worth imitating. The presentness of Jesus, that he is present in the now. He's present in the moment. And so when he's with Zacchaeus, he's, he's given him his full attention. When he's, with that, when he's with the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, he's looking for her. Like the, it's busy. It's, it's, there's lots of stuff happening in these places to go. But he recognizes that something has happened. And he calls the woman out for her to tell her story. He's present with her in the moment. He's present with Zacchaeus as he sits over the table. And that's why I think Jesus loves being around the table. Because it's a chance to be, it's a chance to be present in the now. And I think that we have, we have missed that. Again, it could be the pace of our lives. It could be our unhealthy rhythms and practices. It could be because of our addictions. And, 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 and honestly, you can, I, you can think that you're not, you're an exception to the rule. And I will probably try and argue with you that we are all addicted to our media we're all addicted to our whether it's our social media whether it's our news intake whether it's our whether it's surfing on the web whether it's the latest netflix disney plus whatever it is we're all we're all addicted to it we're all distracted by it we want like i i've I've wrestled this long enough i've always thought that i'm the exception to the rule because i don't want to I don't want to believe that I'm not one of these people that's present in the moment. But as we step back long enough in this, in this moment and, we, and I watch Jesus, I'm like, Jesus, what needs to change? What needs to change as we come out of this time of testing? And I think for me, it's, the, it's my practices, it's my pace and it's my presentness. And I see the practices of Jesus and I see the pace of Jesus and the presentness of Jesus. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. That's what I want. And so my lifestyle, everything needs to change. And um, so John Ortberg, John Ortberg said this, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives 
instead of actually living them. And, and honestly, I hope, that, I hope that some of this stuff sticks. Because I think one of my fears at the moment is when this all ends, that we could step back into our normal rhythms, our normal practices, our normal pace, and still just skim through life rather than actually living it, rather than being fully present. And so even like I know for some that you're listening, like the, even when the pace is slowed down, like distractions still seem to pull us in even even stronger. And I get that. Okay. Even though my the pace of life is slowed down, it still feels even being at home, it still feels like there's more distractions. But I still think there's a way for us to be present in the in the moment. See, Netflix um, and social media and the, the latest series, all of the information that is available at our fingertips, in our pockets, it's chipping away at our capacity for concentration and contemplation. And it's chipping it away at our ability to just be present. Our ability to be fully present. I heard this. I heard this term this week, and I'd never heard it before. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with it. Entertainment anxiety. And I think that I have experienced something of that. Because one of the most familiar things people say in the course of conversations is, "Have you watched such and such? Have you seen this series or seen this film?" And you get. And because your 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 watch list has because maybe I'm losing some of you here, but because your watch list is has like just increasingly expanding because of all of the recommendations, because of all of the things that people have told you that you must watch, you begin to have this entertainment anxiety that oh my goodness, there's I, I need to start into this now. Can't miss the the latest series, the latest movie, the latest release, whatever it is. And it just chips away, it just chips at our way at our ability to be fully present in our homes, fully present before the Lord. And so I, there, there, there's stuff there that I think we will pick it up. We could pick it up again. If you're willing to be challenging this, like, and honestly, this is some of, some of the stuff around our, our, our distraction and what we're giving our attention to has become deeply challenging for me. And so I'd love you to just begin to have those conversations really honestly, really openly, husbands and wives, friends, family, now that we're allowed to have four to six people outdoors, have those conversations, like, like be really honest about this. We want, to, we want to come out of this different than we went in. I'm wanting to come out of this so much different than I went into it. And there's simple things like if you're to replace just what like to to give up one episode, like if you're, we're getting slightly better. There'll be times we've like could have easily watched two or three episodes of one series in, in an evening. But if you were even just to take one of those, like to replace one of those, one episode, like a 45, 50 minute episode, of a series, replace that. Before you go to bed, with an with the same time of Bible reading, 
you will read through the Bible in six months. Like that's, that's not long. To read through the whole of Scripture, like that's what's, as we've looked at at the beginning, that's what's going to sustain you through periods of wilderness. And so I, why I think this is worth us giving our time to and our conversations to is because attention leads to awareness. And what you give your attention to is the person that you become. And so I want to give my attention to, my, to these practices, to the pace and to the presentness because I want to become more like Jesus. And I know, what I do know is what is the same for all of us is that we're all made in the image of God. And the fact that we're all made in the image of God means that we are full of potential. Rife with potential. Like the, like the divine is in our DNA. And Jesus has shown us the way to live. He has shown us the practices, the pace, and the presentness for us to imitate and ultimately fulfill the potential and the purpose and the calling that he has on our lives. So I hope there's something in there that will that will challenge us. I hope there's something in there that we can that we would be willing to take the invitation to engage in this um, to, to to help with our our practices and our rhythms and all of that. So keep the conversation going. Uh, let's help each other through this. Let's sharpen one another as we continue to go through uh, this time of testing. So, um, so bless you all. Uh, have a great day. Enjoy your week. And, uh, and let's look forward to next week. Be praying about what God wants to do um, in our homes but also as we gather in this in this car park next Sunday, pray the Holy Spirit would come in power. We pray for a fresh wind and a fresh fire. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everyone.